hello and welcome. My name is Tuesday Tim. I'm Awesome X. <laughs> and I'm something with H Earth. 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 And this is GoMode, a link to the past randomizer podcast. Thank you so much for joining us this time. Axial, congratulations to you on your recent nuptials. Sir. Yeah, I, yeah uh, I absolutely. So um, I, I think I'll just kind of put that one on the shelf and uh, I'm not going to top it. So, you know. Nice. What, what was your uh, what's your marriage PB now? Um, so I guess what, what timing standard are we using? I, I, we just rounded the year. Yeah, so I mean, if we're if we're going with that, uh, it was, I guess it's, I mean, rounding to the year, it's it's like a two point five PB, so mm. you know, I, it, it's kind of hard to know what to do with that point five, you know, if you round that up or down. Well, yeah, and it's also like, do you, um, would it be a PB for you? So should like, should it be since birth? Should it be since? Yeah, uh, that's what know, I was going to say. I mean, that's when you get into the whole, you know. I know there's a lot of folks out there doing the marriage speed run, but, uh, you know, the big thing the community has been debating is the timing. You've got people, I mean, you've got mm-hmm. some real purists out there who do only ceremony time, and I have seen some great runs out there that are coming in sub-60 seconds, and wow, it, it's just hard to really compare those to the runs that are using the different rule set, like the, the relationship rule set, or the from birth, like you're mentioning, and, yeah, and and I feel like the three are just they're just totally different games. It's almost like comparing like a hundred percent and rando and NMG. They're they, you, you can't really call them the same thing. Yeah, we we were now, going for a good relationship run, and I, I think that's that's where we got our our uh, our our best PB on, and and where we're kind of happy to to stay. We don't really want to run the game anymore. Mm-hmm. Now it is interesting that. Uh, even though those two categories are so different, um, ceremony percent, uh, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but 100% of the people who also do birth percent do ceremony percent as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just kind of a, a thing where, like, you know, if you think about, you know, circles, you've got ceremony percent, and then a circle over that is relationship percent, and then a circle mm-hmm. over that is birth percent. Now, I, I heard that a lot of people these days birth percent has fallen out just because it's kind of hard to stream that one um mm-hmm. it, you know it's it, it's it's just really tough to get the the camera running right from the go it, so, yeah it requires a lot of um you have to kind of take their word for it in a lot yeah, of the, i mean that's yeah. a lot of the run it's, it's like when you get into those older speed runs and and you got people putting times in the back of nintendo power and and there's no video for that you just kind of yeah. got to take them at their word it's like one picture, you know, of like, uh, like is is that a chapel? Like, what what even is in there? You know, so it's like yeah. kind of hard to even. You also really can't forget about the people who just you know skip the whole ceremony percent stuff and uh, you know glitch straight through the chapel and only do the whole official thing and never you know do the whole church thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, those people are dirty cheaters. Yeah, and well, it's, mind, it's also that. important, you know, you have the rule set on, on all three modes about, you know, age and all that. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that, you know, very recently when the, uh, you know, the council got together, they, they did allow, I'm, I'm trying to remember how many years ago, but there, there was a group of people that wanted to do the, 
you know, same gender, um, you know, runs. And uh, they finally allowed mm-hmm. those legally in the... Uh, <laughs> I don't, can't keep going anymore. No, no I mean, <laughs> no, I, I got one more. Pe- people have been doing those runs since the beginning of time. You know, it's just That's they true. just they, recently finally started to acknowledge them. It's well, like, they, they God, put them in the, in the leaderboards is what it Yeah, was. it took them right. long enough, really. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but, what, what what a good um, bit. <laughs> that was a, we had, we just did a pretty good bit, I think. I'm proud of us. Yeah, totally um, ad too. That was not at all in the outline. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's keep this energy going, guys. This this fun, like bouncy improvisational energy, and let's just get right into our randomizer news for this week. We've yeah. got a few things we gotta talk about. Fall of Fires. Fall of Fires up first, as always, as is traditional. We're gonna start talking about this fall tournament. Fall fires are concluded, uh, and we are actually coming to you, as you heard in the intro, on Tuesday um, due to some scheduling things. This is just kind of what, what worked out for us, so we are uh, recording now, which means that all of the qualifiers have finished, which is convenient that we can kind of talk about all of them with a nice, neat little bow on them. Mm-hmm. So we have the overall results, um, which, uh, you know what, actually, I have to... We, we had such good momentum, we forgot to say some things that needed to be said. So I'm going to bring our momentum to a screeching halt here, just right in the middle of this new segment, so that I can give a huge shout-out, Gigi, and thank you to our guest for the feature this time, yes. who is Error Roar. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I, yes. Can't uh, forget about him. I just sat there and listened. I I, I felt kind of bad as I was, was sitting there. I'm like, I have nothing <laughs> to say because I feel like I'm just going to throw things off. It's... It was it was a real pleasure to listen to and learn uh, just how not bad I thought I was at boss fights and other boss fights where I'm like, wow, I did, did not know that. That's okay, then I will need to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talked about all the bosses in their respective dungeon episodes, uh, but this was quite a bit different um, in talking about bosses. It was more like we just, or I, I we all just kind of sort of picked his brain a little bit and... Um, there's just a lot of really good like little tidbits and you know little morsels of knowledge that you you may or may not have known about in regards to the first six bosses alphabetically is how we decided to do it and you even get a bonus <laughs> one with Aga one. So uh, anyway, I just I, I had to say that before we went any further. But um, now let's officially dive into talking about these fallifiers. Fallifiers for yeah, real. Fallifiers. Fallifiers um, complete. So I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think I said a couple weeks ago I wasn't playing, but I have been keeping an eye on the results, and I do want to shout out there. There are a lot of Go Mode Tournament alums that I saw on the list. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, really uh, shout outs to a lot of folks who six months ago weren't playing, and uh, you know now they're getting in there and they're they're getting dirty. Well, in uh, maybe not getting dirty. Uh, getting down <laughs> I was gonna, just gonna I, let I don't you know. go. I was gonna let you keep going with that. <laughs> uh, they're getting into it. They're getting in the mix, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. you know, there's nowhere to go but up. And uh, you know, I, uh, I I don't want to try to list everybody out, but uh, I did see a whole lot of names that uh, that made it, and a whole lot of names that uh, are right on the cusp, and a whole lot that uh, you know it's their first time out, and that's okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Huge shout outs to all uh, Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament alums uh, whose names we're seeing as uh, f- uh, uh, qualifiers, um, finalists, I should say, uh, in this in this tournament, in these qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And even beyond that, um, a, a lot of uh, very recognizable names 
um, from from that tournament. And uh, a lot of those names I'm sure we'll probably see in the Challenge Cup, which uh, I'm maybe getting a little bit ahead of myself. Um, yeah, so we'll I'm, talk about that in a second. I'm just yeah. gonna real quickly turn this around and state the not very surprising, but unsurprisingly, a lot of uh, podcast guest names also in the top 128. Some of them very very close to the very top. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I see, yeah, Axe up there, and let's see, who else do we have who's a, uh, a former guest? Uh, oh, we've got Dante. Yeah, Blaine. I see Blaine sitting there. Dante. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Uh, let's see, who else? P-Train. Yep, oh, P-Train's yeah. in there P-train as well. P-Train coming in at 27. Corrick. Corrick, of course, yep. Yeah, so we're bringing you the quality names of on course. Go Mode. The people who are very good at this game, pretty undeniably. The people mm. that are, are not us, that actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so if I can get just a little serious for just a moment, we there is one thing that we have to talk about because it's absolutely the kind of thing that our show is set up to discuss, different happenings in the community. Uh, there was a pretty big shakeup when it was revealed that we actually did have a cheater uh, participating. They were found out, and they had to be removed from the tournament. And what's more, um, I'll go ahead and say the name because it's public knowledge. It's a, a player named Ultima. It's actually somebody that uh, Herf and I met and interacted with at Speed Gaming Live 2019. Mm-hmm. Seemed like a super nice guy. I'm going to even say is a nice guy. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the evidence was pretty irrefutable. Um, it was the one where we mentioned that the, you know Ultima had only raced one race and uh, they got 105 points and the next closest race uh, racer came in 12 minutes later and um, just to kind of give you a very you know general idea of what happened it was discovered that he had access to a program that was able to mine the data of uh, one of these seeds read where the items were um, that that uh, due to some sort of exploit in this new version of V31 seeds that hadn't been addressed, uh, it normally was closed up. He was able to access that data and uh, he even has a video of himself playing and you can sort of see him reach off to a third monitor um, where, you know, it's theorized that that, that list was contained. So um, obviously, I mean, I take no pleasure in reporting this to you. I'm telling you because we want to keep you updated on the community events and that's what happened, but I don't necessarily want to sit here and like crack jokes about it. I don't know. It's, what what it's do you sad. guys think? Her, you know, yeah, uh, her, I know. You, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ax. What, no, what no, it's, you know, I, I, I don't want to demonize the guy and, and, you know, pull out my, my, you know, torch and pitchfork. It's just, um, it doesn't feel great. Nobody feels... I I don't really feel happy about it. I I don't think a lot of people feel great. I feel... I feel bad for Ultima that they, you know, were doing this and and deceiving people. I feel bad that for all the people that had to investigate, I feel... It it just... It doesn't feel great. And and I hope that, um, you know, maybe this is a moment for a little bit of self-reflection and... um, you know, trying to improve as a person because uh, at the end of the day, this is just randomizer, and uh, you know, I hope that uh, you know it it causes a little bit of soul searching about uh, you know what you're doing and uh, you know what you're you're putting out there to people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Herf, I'll give you an opportunity to say something because you were even closer. Uh, you spent even more time with Ultima than I did at Speed Gaming, so I know this is not a super comfy uh, topic for you. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, I, I'm i kind of torn, to be honest, because, uh, as you said, the evidence seems pretty irrefutable, but I'm just, as I was saying to you guys, I'm mainly sad about the whole thing. Not even necessarily only about him potentially cheating, just the whole thing, you know, with SG Live and hanging out with him in real life and then the whole drama happening right after and everything that came from it and stuff. Just, you know, it just makes me sad. Yeah. So, again, we wanted to tell you about it because that's kind of what we do on this show. Um, you know, feel free to discuss. a lot. I think a lot of people, when this happened, you know, found out about it from the ALTTP Discord announcement uh, channel. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the Racing Council was very open in discussing how they came to their conclusion. Um, and also, I do want to say shout-outs to the Racing Council. This definitely, you know, this whole kind of occurrence definitely puts – um, it, it causes me to put a lot of faith in what they're doing, even more so than before. But just to, you know, somebody found this, it was brought to their attention. I think actually some people in the racing council were, um, you know, wanted to look into this first and did the due diligence that we talked about so much in our cheating episode when we had Ack on. And um, this is the process at work. And, you know, it's I, I trust it and I, I trust them and I appreciate them for having to carry something out that I know was was not not super uh, comfortable to do but mm-hmm. uh, it's all for the benefit of this community so anyway <laughs> so um now uh speaking of some troubles there were so, there, there was something else that happened and and this is not something i was able to look into too much but it's again because we're recording on tuesday um this this apparently happened on sunday there was some sort of issue with srl uh during the qualifier race mm-hmm. that caused a few people to have to forfeit Herf, do you know anything about this you can kind of fill us in yeah so the problem was uh you know srl works on irc and like the platform irc internet relay chat it's a really really old thing that has been around for ages i think it used to be one of the first things the internet had for communication it used to be only for universities to talk to each other and stuff but uh, the problem is you need an IRC client of some sort on your on your computer to connect to it, or you can use the SRL website, which has like a web client where you put in a name and then it just connects you to the server and does everything in a little chat window on in your browser. And apparently that web client that a lot of people still use just because IRC is so old and people don't know what the heck they're doing, uh, that had some trouble staying connected to IRC. So about, I want to say, 50 people just, you know, spitballing. I don't know the exact number at all. But a lot of people had trouble not being able to connect to IRC when the race was about to start. So they postponed the start for a while. And then people, you know, this is probably something that could fill a whole episode, to be honest. Especially Mm. from my point of view. People were like, oh, this is taking so long and I'm so, you know, I don't know what's happening. Is it happening? Is it not happening? Are they postponing it further? Is it already super late for me? So a lot of people were extremely tilted and uh, kind of were forced in a way, quote unquote, to forfeit their last qualifier. And uh, for some of them, it was like their only chance to make five qualifiers, which you sort of needed if you didn't want, you know, 
um, one of them to not be a forfeit or if they if you know if you're only doing four you're essentially right. forcing your worst one to be the last one you didn't do so it was all right. around a pretty not great situation we as admins discussed a lot what we should do we were thinking about maybe trying to fit another qualifier in to make up for it you know sometime after the officially last one but ultimately we decided against it because it just wouldn't have worked out time-wise. It would have messed with a lot of things. It would have messed with the calculations and everything. It would have been more trouble than was, you know, logistically worth it, I would say. It's unfortunate for a lot of people, or at least for the couple of them that essentially lost out on a qualifier that they sort of needed. And especially if it meant uh, that they can't make it through now. So I want to extend an apology for that again, but you know we we gotta deal with the cards that were dealt with, and it was a crappy situation. But that's all we had. Yeah, man, that's tough, and I can really fully commiserate now after having to deal with similar situations during the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament, mm-hmm. um, where it was like there is no solution that everyone is satisfied with, and you just kind of have to pick the worst or the, the best of the two evils. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't, I, I'm, I understand the situation. I'm trying to imagine like if I was, you know, if I had needed that one as my fifth and that happened to me, I mean, I probably would be disappointed, but even, even if it happened to me, I think you just, when you look at the situation and look at what happened, it's like, it's like you said, you gotta, you gotta deal with the cards you're dealt with. It's yeah. Just, that was what happened. It's the situation. I guess if there's one takeaway, it's maybe don't use the SRL web client for your, um, you know, for your IRC anymore. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's apparently why it happened. As far as I understood. Yeah. I mean, some other people reported that they had problems while using an actual IRC client as well. So maybe the IRC service were kind of, you know, messing up or hicking up and kicking people out randomly. Uh, I wasn't there live uh, either, so I can't really say what exactly happened, but most of it seemed to stem from the web client that's on the SRL website. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I guess I should look into that. (laughs) (laughs) Figure something else out, because I I do not want that to happen to me. That sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah. Okay, so honestly, I have more things to say about the fall fires, but we've got kind of a lot to cover, so I'm going to put a cap on it for now do you guys have any final thoughts before we move on uh just good luck to everyone who made it through have fun uh i am the one who suggested the group format that you guys are faced with now so if you have any problems with that come to me and i'll tell you to shove it up your behind <laughs> oh man i was i was gonna let you not finish but you you got it across so and that's fine it was, you're, it was your truth you're free to cut it out if you want no i'm not gonna cut it out you know i'm gonna leave that in all right. Uh, next up, um, this is another kind of late development, another benefit of recording on a Tuesday here. Uh, the registration is now officially open for the Challenge Cup. Yay. So, Yay. Yeah. Yeah. The return of the Challenge Cup from uh, 2018. Uh, just to give a very brief recap, this is a uh, community tournament uh, primarily put on. I think Ridley Dragon is kind of running the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have my Discord open, I, I, so I can't peeping and see other names i think phileon has also been pretty active as in helping with run those games um and probably some others I, yeah uh, i i feel bad especially as an admin for the main tournament i feel like i should know this but ugh. maybe so one of y'all look it up real quick while i'm talking <clears throat> so, so you can give it to us so i don't have to edit something in again let's see here we've um, got uh the admins are alazoon fajita knight recitadors seto 10987 and tresco at least those are the admins that are online right now 
Ugh, beat me to it. I was just about to look. What was that second one, Herb? The second one? Fajita Night. Fajita Night, okay. You said that in a very funny way. I'm German, man. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have fajitas in Germany. I'm I'm a German trying to say a Spanish name that's actually English, so Jesus. (laughs) Oh, man, no, you're doing good. Don't make me feel... Don't make me feel bad hey, about Tim, it. When are we gonna do our, uh, uh, I just our linguistics episode? Never. I don't think ever we'll be doing. Every every episode is a linguistics episode in its own special way. That's true. Um, yeah. Okay. So the challenge cup. Uh, the idea is it's a tournament that people can participate in if they're not going to be moving forward with the main tournament, which is a lot of people. Uh, there were 128 that qualified, but I think like. Almost 300 total participated in the qualifiers in some way or another. Um, yeah, exactly 300, although that includes people who signed up and didn't race at all. But anyway, you get the idea. There's a lot of people who still want to play, but their uh, tournament run is over. So the Challenge Cup is a community-run tournament that is open to really anyone who wants to participate, including people who didn't participate in these qualifiers, with the exception of... The, the only people that can't participate are people who did qualify for the main tournament. So those top 128 are not eligible to join the Challenge Cup. So kind of like the Go Mode Podcast Mentor Tournament, it's going to be a skill level that's not like that super elite. There's still going to be some very, very good people in that tournament. Do not get me wrong. But um, it will be a little bit more newcomer friendly. So if you are listening to this and maybe you missed that on the GMPMT or, you know, you just want to join in a tournament, this could be a good time to jump into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it last year. It was a lot of fun. I'm signed up to do it again this year. Definitely looking forward to it. And there's going to be a lot of uh, those aforementioned GMPMT alum that are participating. I know already for sure. Um, so if you want to race against the likes of some of those folks, I would definitely recommend uh, signing up. Um, you guys have any final thoughts on the Challenge Cup? No, I think it's great that it uh, that it's still around and gives people who didn't quite make the groups a chance to still, you know, perform in a tournament setting. So best of luck to them and best of luck to everyone who's going to join. You know what, Axe, maybe you should do it. <laughs> uh, well, let, let me think. I've got Thanksgiving and then... I'm leaving for my honeymoon on December 18th, so maybe, I, I mean, maybe. I, I think I'll have to look a little more into it and see in terms of when I would need to actually do my matches, what the, uh, the timeline is. I'm actually, like, pulling it up as we speak. Yeah, yeah, and actually, we, we should mention when registration closes, too, if you happen to have that information. Uh, signups will be open from now until Friday, November 29th at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the first group matches will be on Sunday, December 1st. Oh, that's actually sooner than I thought. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we'll get in there, get signed up. If you are interested, you have a couple days to do that if you're listening to this the day it comes out. Uh, I recommend it. I definitely do. All right, uh, another thing I wanted to mention, don't really have a ton of updates on this yet, but I did want to say that the ALTTPR League will be returning Kind of looking like probably January or February, sort of, from what I've heard uh, from folks that I know who are working on bringing that back. But uh, there's, I've kind of noticed a lot of chatter in our Discord and, and a few others of people talking about this ALTTPR league, asking questions, wondering if it's returning or not. Um, 
And like I said, I've been talking with some of the admins a little bit um, about uh, how they can get the word out when we get a little bit closer. So I just wanted to say stay tuned uh, if you have any interest in either supporting or maybe even joining ALTTPR League, because I can tell you for sure they are planning on expanding, then uh, just stay tuned and uh, hold tight. We'll, we'll have some updates on that for you, um, like I said, prior to January, February when that starts. So um, look forward to that. And, uh, you know, any thoughts? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just going to move on, I think. Yeah. So the other <laughs> – I, I was going to not even wait for a pause, but it was just too mean. <laughs> um, all right. Next up. Uh, this is this is pretty minor, but uh, definitely involves this game we all love. Uh, V31.0.3 Hotfix has been released. Uh, just a brief summary of kind of what that uh, fix is. It overhauled some glitched logic. Uh, and then um, the developers give a shout out to Futon and Michael K and everyone else in the Glitch community for helping them with that. Uh, they mentioned that they fixed some MSU1 music bug fixes and made some improvements. There are several bug fixes and improvements to the site and randomizer. That's just a like, general catch-all, I guess. Those must be like super minor. Um, and then one that they actually don't mention in the hotfix, but it's definitely real. There's like an extra second and a half added to every save and quit. Oh. Yep. Yeah. So the first time this was rolled out, uh, I was playing a Fall of Fire, I think like Fall of Fire number four, and I was mashing, and at first I thought there was something wrong with my controller. I was like, man, it's not taking all my inputs. Like, why didn't it start just now? Uh, and then I sort of remembered as we were playing that I had heard in, you know, somewhere that this was something that was going to, uh, it's basically because of one of the like MSU music patches, they, fixing that, I guess, kind of caused this extra little delay. Um, and I also saw something in one of the main tournament uh, announcement channels, I think it was from Synac, uh, saying they've had reports of people accidentally deleting their save file while they're mashing. Oh. Uh, because they have the muscle memory of mashing and then hitting down mm -hmm. to go to, like, you know, mountain or sanctuary. Uh, but they're late to that. So instead they go down on the file select and then hit delete file. Oh no. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it happened. Yeah. It's happened to people before and Blaine was actually the one who brought it to the admin's attention. He DM'd mm -hmm. Cynic, I think, and was like, hey, listen, I've been doing this three times now almost. And, you know, every time I try to start at the mountain, but the thing is so friggin' slow that I'm still on the file select and I switch down to delete file and then I hit up and yes, and it's gone. Yeah. So um, they what, what they decided essentially is like, sorry, <laughs> sorry about you, which I have to admit, I kind of agree with. It's a bummer, um, you know, and it's it makes for a good story and kind of like a, a nice like forehead slap moment. But everyone had to deal with that. It only happened to a few people. So it's like, yeah, it's bad luck, you know, but uh, I mean, obviously, I don't love an extra 1.5 seconds added to every save and quit. Um but uh, I guess it was necessary. I don't know. I don't really have any super strong opinions one way or the other. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, I'm not happy about it. I think it's, well, uh, I'll just leave it at I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I mean, everybody <laughs> wants to go faster, right? Like, nobody's going to be fully in favor of something that just, like, demonstrably makes the seed faster every time, or what, slower every time. Yeah, what I can say in defense uh, of all this is that it's just a temporary hotfix to keep the game from completely crashing while you're mashing buttons in the menu screen. 
and uh, mm. it will be patched out. It, like the patch is already in the code and the backend, but something needs to be changed on the website that actually you know generates the randomized ROM and everything. And that's where the holdup is, and that's probably going to take a little while longer. But it's not here to stay. Mm. I got you. Well, thanks for the scoop. It's good, sure. Good info. Um, real quick, just wanted to mention uh, Z3R Sim actually has been down for a little while. Uh, there was a recent, I think maybe related to this hotfix, but don't quote me on that, um, recent change that uh, has now allowed Z3R Sim to be back in action. So uh, it is back, uh, version 4.0. Uh, just a quick kind of refresher of Z3RSim.com is a way to kind of simulate going through a randomizer seed. Takes out all the execution and, and really boils it down to uh, choices about item location. So it's a really good way to practice your like logic and your routing essentially mm -hmm. if that makes sense the more you play the kind of more that makes it makes you comfortable with like where are all the items so it's a really great kind of beginner's tool uh developed by kyong 92 uh we'll go ahead and link uh, to his uh discord that um you know you can go in and chat with people about and ask questions and things uh but z3rsim.com is the address i definitely recommend checking that out especially to newer runners mm -hmm. uh, yeah. it's back baby I, I used it a lot um when I was trying to uh, get better at my routing and just understanding of the game. Um, not so much anymore, but now that it is back up and running, I uh, may use that when I uh, want to get some rando in but don't have time to play a seed. Yeah, it's perfect for that. Mm -hmm. um, all right, man, look at the time. <laughs> this is going to be a long episode, boys. Uh, so, uh, real quick update on how I'm going, how I'm doing. I did want to just selfishly take a moment to do that because I have to announce, brrr, drum roll, I got a PB. Yay! Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, get that PB, yeah. boy. And not only that, but I actually cut one of my, uh, rando resolutions, uh, down off the list. Uh, I, one of my rando resolutions was to try to get a sub 140 and this one clocked in at 13940. Yeah. <laughs> nice, you did. Yeah. I just barely did it. Well. Um, so, yeah, that was the fourth fall of fire. Uh, and I got, I think, 20th out of like 80-some racers. So I was I was super psyched about that. Or no, I'm sorry. I think I was 29th. It was 29th out of 80-some-ish uh, racers. That's real good, uh, man. I know. I was, uh, I mean, I know. Thank you is what I should, is what I meant to say. <laughs> but I was even surprised at how, how good I did. So I, I will, I will say I was pretty proud of my performance. Uh, but unfortunately overall, that didn't really translate to a great, uh, fall of fire final score. My final placement was, I was about 208th, um, because I had some really just bad execution, bad, uh, logic routing, etc. in the, um, other races you know the ones that count <laughs> that that top one gets thrown out as we know unfortunately um but uh i in my fifth one i actually almost had to forfeit on ganon because i was just sitting there playing just minding my own business and all of a sudden both of my screens just flashed black oh no and yeah and it was just like what i was just like stunned for a Ooh. second and they both finally started to you know like restart up and i, I finally got the game window up and the game window was completely black so <laughs> i killed myself on ganon on purpose so that i could get a save and quit i had a fairy too uh so i forced myself to die and then i had to restart the emulator and then it finally worked again and i i was able to finish so i lost like five to seven minutes but at least i didn't have to forfeit because that would have been yeah. even worse so just my luck i'm a uh, tech cursed um i bring it on myself though <laughs> 
in most cases. So anyway, um, how about you guys? How you been doing? Uh, yeah, uh, pretty all right, yeah. I guess. I've uh, you, so Herf, you played recently for the first time in a, in a minute, right? In a long while, yeah. I yesterday or two days ago, I was sitting here and I was kind of bored, and I remembered that I had downloaded one of the festive seeds just because I was curious what they did this year. So I decided to actually sit down and uh, play it. I didn't stream it. I didn't even have a timer up or anything. I have no idea how long I took except for in-game time. And uh, yeah, I played through my Festive Seed and it was absolute trash. The hottest garbage you've ever seen. Both the Festive Randomizer as well as the Seed itself. What a bunch of crap. Please. Oh man! <laughs> Please be ashamed <laughs> of yourself for making that. You said in Discord you uh, you had some particularly strong opinions about the dig game uh, replacement. That was easily the worst part of the whole experience because uh, it was. In case you haven't played it, uh, what they did is they replaced the dig game with a survival game, quote unquote, which spawned random low health gibdos in random places in the whole like dig game area and you couldn't be hit once or you lost the game and what really got my goat wasn't that it was hard and that they didn't switch the timer from 30 seconds so you were running around in there like a chicken without a head for 30 seconds what really got my goat is when they spawned directly on your sprite and you just had no chance to do anything about it and you lost the game and I went back after I had finished the seed and thankfully it didn't have anything for me except for a heart piece. But if that thing had progression, I would have probably burned something down. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That was really... I, I had a pretty negative experience with that too. I probably had to do it like 10 times before yeah, I finally... easily. Yeah, it the was rough. Same with the bowling game, though. That was more fun. The bowling game replaced the chest game and Village of Outcasts. And uh, it took me a while to get, you know, a strike in that because the ball or the pumpkins, I guess, weren't really doing what I expected them to. But it worked out yeah. in the end. But on a more serious note, I did enjoy it. I thought it was great what they did with it, all the enemies and everything else and how the candy worked and stuff like that. There were a few hiccups, but, you know, it's something that they had to kind of put together on short notice and i'm sure it's a lot of work for a one week once a year thing so i don't want to put anyone's work down i was mainly kidding except for that friggin survival game that can die in a fire <laughs> but yeah, yeah it, it was fun and it was kind of fun to play rando again i have to say i'm not sure how i'd feel about a normal seed but it was fun nice i like to hear that man what about you x so what are you gonna, uh, when are we gonna see your return to rando? so I, I got married um, mm -hmm. that was Congress, by the way. Uh, yeah, we, we already we're done with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um so on to the things that really matter. Rando. Right. Um so Thanksgiving is obviously this week, but uh hopefully maybe this weekend or if not this weekend, then the next weekend or week, I will finally have time to play some rando and uh we will see how it goes. It will probably go badly. I <laughs> probably will stream it so that people can laugh at me because if there's one thing I like, it is people sharing in my misfortune and us all having a good time with it instead of me just going grumble, grumble, grumble. So yeah, next give week, us a little maybe. heads up. I yeah, I think we can definitely get some people together to watch that if you can give them like a couple it, days in advance. Well, I would love to see it. You know, at, only people who are 21 and over in the United States or 18 in. <laughs> uh, maybe we can make a drinking game out of it there you go I, I, uh, I, I remember in the past I had made promises to uh, to play uh, oh, uh, 
good old parallel worlds. Uh, so maybe I can I can bring that back up. For, yeah, uh, like... for incentives, and by incentives I mean uh, things I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> motivation. Yeah, motivation to play good. There you go. Cool. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and uh, set up this this interview we had with Error talking about bosses. Um, anything you guys want to make sure that you say before we get in? Thank you, Error, for some awesome knowledge being dropped on us. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm uh, looking forward to having him back for part two. Yeah. Yes. Go, go listen. Listen to the whole thing. It's just excellent, excellent information. Yeah. Um, I, I was in a hotel room when we recorded this because I was on a family vacation for a wedding. So I, I, I only say that because I make a reference to the housekeeper walking in at one point, And that's <laughs> I don't like have an actual housekeeper nope. at my house. Yeah, yeah, tip, yeah, tip sure. wears okay. a monocle at all times and a all giant right, Mr. Uh, stovepipe hat. <laughs> yeah, no, I, ain't, I ain't got that kind of skrill, guys. So. <laughs> all right, let's get to it. All right, guys, welcome to our main feature of this episode where we'll start talking about a couple of bosses since there's quite a few of them in the game. We won't be handling all of them in one episode, but uh, we we will try to get through some of them today. And uh, with us, we've got a very special guest, my personal friend, Arior. How are you doing today, Ari? Yeah, well, I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Yay! Yeah. Uh, so, before we get into the meat of the whole thing, why don't you give us a little bit of a rando history, or I guess, also before we get into anything, I want to extend my personal congratulations on your recent NMG PB, so you're not only an active rando runner, you're also a very active NMG player. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. It's uh, <laughs> It's been quite a ride, the entire mm-hmm. Link to the Past career. So, I started... Getting interested in Link to the Past Randomizer, like somewhere in the summer of 2017, I uh, watched a lot of streams like El Magus and Problems IRL and Ashnet174, like all the old school people who were really good back in the time. And I started playing a few casual seats, and then I started getting into racing in November 2017. Uh, since then, I've joined a few tournaments, done pretty well in a few tournaments, and uh, made quite a name for myself in both Randomizer and NMG. And uh, yeah, well, here we are. I'm the fourth person to get a 123 in uh, in the NMG category for Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Incredible. That's so awesome. Congratulations again. That's very cool. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and, and Error, you, you probably recognize Error's name, uh, listeners, because uh, is, is, is also consistently placed uh, in, in top you know ranks in uh, many of the you know, main tournaments, side tournaments. You've definitely seen his name over to the side of the speedruns live leaderboard a time or two. Um, so, Aurora, very, very excited to have you. And, and of course, you know, related to the topic of this episode, definitely knows his stuff when it comes to bosses. Yeah. So, yeah, bosses are definitely a crucial part of, well, both the actual speedrun and the randomizer, of course. The, the randomizer part of bosses is really interesting because you have so many different sorts of equipment, different strats when it comes to different equipment, and not everything is always as clear-cut when it comes to like either optimal or safe strategies in order to handle them. So, yeah, I hope we can get into the nitty-gritty a little bit. And Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yes, let's do it. 
Um, so in, in trying to figure out a way to kind of talk about these bosses in a way that makes sense, I sort of had this sort of general outline for us to follow for each one. So uh, rather than describe like, oh, the, the boss does this and then does that and then does that, let's just identify like the main dangers of each phase. So, you know, th this boss throws fireballs every four to five seconds. This boss will charge at you. This boss, you know, like that, we'll just kind of say, you know, what do you need to look out for while you're fighting in the first phase, second phase, and if applicable, third or fourth phase. And then I think it'll make sense to kind of walk through like, okay, let's say this is a 100%. You have everything at your disposal. What is either the easiest or fastest, like the most generally accepted best way to handle all of these bosses? And then we're going to pull away those items that you're using one by one until you're left with the absolute bare minimum low percent equipment and then... You know, as we pull away each item, we'll kind of talk about the strategy of, of how to beat each of those bosses. Um, and uh, we will also have lots of really helpful links in the description of this episode. So if you are looking for some uh, extra supplemental material to help you with this, definitely do check out that description. But uh, what do you say, guys? Uh, are we ready to take these bosses on? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do All it. Right. Low, low equipment. Best strats, no damage. Yes. Anyway. All right. <laughs> so technically, yeah, technically the first one is Agawan, but I mean, it's just so easy and boring, right? I mean, is there anything anyone wants to say about Agawan? Let's at least do that, I guess. Sure. Okay. Don't fight him unless you have to. True. That's one thing. Um, okay, so there are probably two very unlikely... There's one very unlikely situation if you have to fight him in low percent Oko. You want to spin before he shoots the energy ball, and then you avoid taking damage from the the blue ball scattering. That's one very important thing if you are mm. actually crazy enough to try one-hit KO modes. The second thing that is always applicable is to try to hit him towards the middle, because on average you will reduce the amount of time that Aghanim will warp to a different location. And that mm. will only probably save like half a second or a second in total but it's free to do so might as well i am really looking forward to this episode man because that's too i was just like oh probably nothing here right and like both of those i had never heard or realized and they make a ton of sense so yeah that's that's good stuff man um cool anybody else have anything i mean it's aga one you it's it's not not hard it's just sometimes a little time consuming but there's there's a couple of uh tips to help you not die and and save a little bit of time so that's awesome all right so aga two obviously a derivative of aga one um a little bit different though let's talk about the dangers in aga one what do you have to look out for um well or two sorry aga two yeah aga two yeah so it, there there's very little chance of actually dying to Agatu. You, if you really want to play safe, just go for spins and try to stay on the horizontal line of the real Agatu. Um, it's the same idea that you would avoid the, the scattering of the blue balls because, like on the horizontal line, you'll you'll have the free space. Um, it's probably the hardest boss to do, like optimally do very well. If you do, if you want to do well, you'll be pretty happy with a free cycle every single time, but that's really hard to get. So if you just want to play safe um, and be okay with like five, six shots, then just stay horizontal of the real Agatu and try to use spins and uh, hope hope that he doesn't 
throw too many blue balls at you. If you want to. Yeah, so you're able to. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go, go ahead. I was just going to say you're able to hear, you know, there's the one main aga who's fully solid, and then the other ones are kind of transparent a little bit. And they all have the same, like, like when they shoot, you know. So if you're listening to those and paying attention to the balls as they get bigger, it should be pretty easy to avoid those other two and just focus on hitting back the ball from the main one. So that's, that's kind of just like the beginner's guide to aga 2. But. Um, when we start to get into the geometry of things, that's when you can get that two cycle, you know, at an absolute minimum. That's like a perfect execution or at the very least, you know, three or four cycle, which is, I think, acceptable for most most seeds, uh, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, I think everyone will be happy with a three cycle because mm -hmm. a two cycle is like not only really good execution, it's also RNG because right. Aga 2, the real Aga 2 has a chance to throw blue balls just like an Aga 1. It goes on a different cycle though. Like the first shot will always be an energy shot, but then the the second and the third cycle has like the same 50-50 chance of throwing either a blue ball or an energy shot. So mm. and then so, so it's like a 25% chance to to get the uh, uh, both energy balls uh, from the other two guys. The the clones always shoot energy balls. Oh, I see. Okay, but Aga could could shoot. A blue yeah, ball. exactly. I had that backwards. Yeah. Okay. All right. So on cycle right, two, so three, 50. six, seven, and then nine and ten, I suppose. No, ten and eleven. Like so, yeah. every after the first cycle, it's always two cycles with blue with possibility of blue ball, and then two cycles with guaranteed energy shot. And Interesting. You all, I, had, I didn't know that. So you can also try to play the the you know, probability game a little bit and see if you can uh, maybe get a fortunate shot. But yeah, the same thing applies. Try not to stand above or below Agatu unless you're really confident and you know he's on a cycle where he always shoots an energy ball because otherwise you'll get hit and then you probably won't have a chance to reflect any of the other energy balls that the, the clones will shoot at you. There, are, There is a lot of variables in this fight, so it's not really a clear-cut strategy to make sure you always have a good pattern and a good cycle going on. Could we talk about maybe... Um you know, general things to keep in mind, like where to stand, when to swing, that kind of thing to, to set, you know, to try to get multiple hits in one cycle. Yeah, okay. So if you want to get multiple hits, I definitely recommend slashing. It gives you so much more mobility. It's harder to time, of course. You will need some practice in order to to get the, the good timing down. But yeah, try to stand horizontally. Try to move a little, little bit back so you actually have time. You don't have to uh, immediately react when when he shoots the energy ball um yeah the geometry is really difficult it ta just takes some time to see like how how you want to slash when you want to slash depending on the angle in which the clones are shooting their energy balls but yeah i recommend just staying to the left or right from the real agatsu and then trying to time your slashes accordingly Mm. Uh, I have a quick question about slashing versus spinning, because this is probably just confirmation bias and me also not being a very good player, but I often have the feeling that when I spin back the energy balls, they, I have like more control or it, it seems to be more consistent where they go versus when I slash. It sometimes feels like they're just going wherever they want to. Does that make any sense? 
Yeah, <laughs> it definitely <laughs> feels that way. I okay. I can I can confirm that. Like I said, it's easier and safer to do spins because it will always go into the same direction because the the hitbox of the spin is like very fixed. Mm-hmm. And when you slash the the sword hitbox is not a like it's not always at the same place. It moves. So oh, that makes sense. the direction in which the ball is reflected changes depending on where your sword is during the slash. Mm-hmm. But that's, of course, going in a pretty complicated uh, part of the fight already. So that's why it's it's faster to do slashes. And in the end, it's more consistent to use slashes, but it's also way harder in order mm-hmm. to get a consistent fight that way. Okay. So sometimes I- you can get good lineups on Aga and the clone, and then depending on whether it's like on a horizontal or vertical axis, you can get like two hits in with a spin or maybe even three if you can get the good pixel. But if you want to consistently get better fights, it would be better to slash. I'm just glad I've always been a slash person and I'm glad to have it confirmed that I'm doing things the right way, even though (laughs) I'm not very good at it. (laughs) Again, Um, it's the hardest fight to do fast. So I guess we'll kind of wrap this one up, move on to the next one. But before we do, real quick, can you talk a little bit about what to do when you don't have a sword? Ah, uh, yeah. I already also had this written down for the low percent stuff. If you have a hammer or buck net, don't go for multiple hits. Just try to go for the horizontal shots. It doesn't matter if you have eight or nine cycle. This fight is absolutely terrible if you do not have a sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, but sometimes you just don't have a choice if you're doing that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, if you haven't been able to tell already, we're doing this alphabetical instead of uh, doing it kind of in the you know the order that you would count them in vanilla like we kind of did the dungeons. The reason is just because this would have been a kind of a boring episode if we just talked about like a bunch of light world bosses and a little bit of dark world. So in order to mix it up, we're, we're doing alphabetical, which brings us next to Armos Knight. It's another pretty easy one in terms of execution but um let's let's talk a little bit about the the few dangers that exist in an armos knight and i guess we can also talk a little bit about armos too which is a little more dangerous right so yeah the there are multiple strats for armos knights the the safe one that is still relatively fast would of course be the standard bottom right setup where you stand like somewhere like second circle from the bottom between second third circle on the right you shoot four arrows up two to the left two up and then when you're all the way on the top of the room and the almost knights start moving again you just start firing to the left and get the quick kill um it's it's a little bit of like a script almost kind of because it's the same every time so if you practice it and do it the same every time then you can do it it's just a matter of learning those movements yeah as long as you know where to start standing know the general idea of the fight, then you can get the setup and it just takes practice to get the timing down correctly. But that's actually a lot of the bosses in this in this game. It's you just need to know the idea of what to look out for and then you can almost do the same thing every single time. But actually getting that down consistently is the hard part. Would you say so, sorry? Would, would you say no, Armos Knights is the easiest quick kill out of all of them? It always seemed to me like it would be the easiest quick kill to learn out of all the bosses. Yeah, probably. Uh, of course, if you want to go for the top right strat, it becomes a lot harder because that one is a little bit tighter when it comes to timing. But mm-hmm. 
if you just want to learn A bars and and want to get pretty awesome with it, then Armour's Nice is uh, is a really good one. Okay, full full disclosure, I've never once gotten an Armour's Quick Hill, so <laughs> it goes to show how good <laughs> I am at this game. Fine, good thing we're doing this episode then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe maybe that's it's what one you of those... do next time, Herf. Make that mm -hmm. your goal. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like if you don't get the quick kill, it's two or three seconds longer, and it's just one of those like, eh, it seems like a lot of work to learn it. Is it worth it for those two or three seconds? I don't know, but you really should. I mean, it's kind of the whole basis of you know what this show is built off of is like just take the few you know take the two or three minutes to figure this out, and uh, it'll it'll save you time every time. It'll make you look good. It'll make you feel good when you get it. Just it's worth doing these sort of things. I think, especially boss execution stuff. Yeah, another thing is that just gen general execution. If you are confident in the things that you do, you need to use less brain power for the execution of the game, and you can actually think more about how to route and what to do in the in the next like few minutes of the game. Damn, that is a really good point that I honestly don't even know if I'd ever really considered like that. Like when you can commit this stuff to muscle memory, and not have to think about it. You can use that brain capacity for other things. That's mm -hmm. that's so so true. I mean, just think of the blind script that everyone likes to tout as you know this boss is totally on the script, and once you know the script, you can just do it with your eyes closed. If you really have the muscle memory down and you're pretty confident in your blind fight, you won't have to think about oh where's this head flying or oh god is he changing sides or shooting lasers at me at all. You can just think about well. After I'm done with Thieves Town, let's go here and there. And you just, you know, kind of let your muscle memory, as you said, take over and finish up blind while you're thinking about your next routing choices. Yeah, and confidence is a really big thing, too. If you go through Thieves Town mm -hmm. with just a few hearts and you're worried about the blind fight and you're looking for all the paths for hearts and you actually get in more danger because there's this... Well, this is a saying a link to the positive. If you go for a backup heart, you'll actually take damage because you're not used <laughs> to the movement, the patterns of the enemies change and stuff. And just being confident in bosses also means that you can be conf more confident in the rest of the dungeons. Hmm. Yeah, I can say from experience that's that sounds about right. That whole heart thing. Yep, I have done that multiple times, <laughs> mm -hmm. and uh, I have died uh, going for backup hearts. And uh, boy, does that feel silly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Murphy's Hearts. <laughs> That's a good name for him. Um, all right. And a few other things about Armos Knight, just to keep this moving. Uh, in the final phase, as everyone knows, when you get down to that last one, it turns red and it starts to try to smash you around the room. That's the only real, like, if anyone were to die on Armos Knight, like, I could maybe see you know, if they had half a heart and then accidentally got hit by one of those like that's i could see that i guess so that's the only real kind of danger but staying south of the final one so you can just shoot three arrows or one arrow or whatever you have straight up at it i think is probably a, a better strat can we talk a, a little bit about this sort of final uh armos night and and maybe talk about what to do if you don't have a bow yeah uh, you're right. If you can get below the armos, you can just shoot three arrows down, uh, up. If you're like say in ice armos, sometimes you will need to try to get above him, depending on uh, like where you start getting off script and all that, and you can shoot three arrows down. It's a lot more dangerous during ice armos to not get it because, of course, movement is way harder due due to the slippery floor. Um, if you don't have a sword, you need to be really careful with what kind oh if you don't have a bow i'm sorry if you don't have a bow you need to be careful with what kind of sword you have 
because so actually i'm sorry let me interrupt i think this would be useful could we just kind of list off like the preferred items starting with silvers and then you know regular bow and arrows next how would you then classify the rest of the items in terms of what you should use if you can okay so best thing definitely silvers then normal bow then probably Burna, especially during Ice Armos. Burna is really strong because the Ice mm. because the Armos do not have iframes. So you keep okay. on doing damage like through the entirety of the circle. And it's really easy to group them together, just stand still, and they'll just all die at the end. Um Good to know. Wow, I, I did not know that. That's like a really good tip. Yeah, it's Yeah, and also like if you accidentally run out of arrows, like you forget to fill up before you go in, like this stuff is definitely good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead, Herf, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, Burner, usually, especially with all the Armos Knights moving around, it causes a bunch of lag. That's probably why people try and don't think of that as a useful alternative. But as uh, Ariora said, once you get them in their little hurt box, when the thing circles around you, they just get pushed around and it's really easy to group them all together and just smash them, basically. Nice. Okay, so Silvers, Bow, and then Burna. What's next? Yeah, there, you could use Fire Rod, but it costs a lot of magic. I would only recommend if you have like a potion or have half magic. It doesn't... You, I think you need six Fire Rod shots per armor, so it's mostly like a last resort thing. Sword Beams are really good. Um, really? Yes. Sword Beams makes it easy to keep them like off of the next cycle because one of them keeps getting hurt and you can just like kind of do the same thing as with Bow and eventually group them together and just keep slashing them to like say the top left or something during Ice Armos. Um, otherwise, um, yeah, normal swords do the job, but it's really finicky and you need to be careful with what kind of sword you have because the light world bosses are really weird when it comes to damage types and especially mm-hmm. armos takes okay damage from fighter sword i think you need eight hits from a fighter sword or like master sword poke but it needs 16 slashes from a master sword so it takes less uh, 12 it looks like 12? i think okay i've got yeah le- sorry and i should have done this earlier we've got this damage table that I think is a really nice resource for this kind of conversation. So I'm going to drop that in the Discord so we can all take a look at that. It's definitely very handy. And Armor Knight conveniently right at the top. So this gives you an idea of kind of how much damage each thing does. As we discussed in our first episode, Boomerang takes 48 hits. So that's like, that's at the bottom of the list. That's your last resort for sure. Yeah. If you have a crazy entrance seat where you get dropped into Ice Armors with just the Boomerang, then good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, check that out. We'll put that in the description for all of these, really, but especially for this one, because so many things do damage Armos Knight. But, uh, you know, as, as Ari's saying, some things you, you shouldn't bother with um, and some things obviously are going to be a little better than others. So this table kind of lays that out for us. Yeah. Um, anything else about Armos? I don't want to take too much time on this chump. <laughs> um, I just want to mention two quick things, if that's OK, uh, without yeah. you know trying to take away from Ari or anything. But we alluded, or Ari rather, alluded to both of those already, and I'm sure people are aware of them. I just feel it's kind of an important part of the boss fight. Uh, the first mm-hmm. one is, if you manage to damage one of the Ice Armos or Armos Knights as they're going around, if you manage to keep them out of formation for a lack of a better explanation, you can at least postpone their next move. 
like everyone knows to fight and they all start you know lining up and then they go around in a circle and stuff and if you keep hurting one and they can't move into their final position armos won't switch to the next phase for a while so that helps it's like a stun lock yeah you kind of stun lock them so that helps keep managing them and the second small thing that i want to mention we've talked a bunch about the red armos knight at the end that spawns if you don't get the quick kill uh, one important fact that I'm sure everyone is aware of, but just in case, uh, if you don't manage to get the quick kill and you get a red Armos Knight, he refills all his health. So even if you've hit him with two arrows already and he only needs one more arrow to die, you once he turns red, you need to shoot him three times again. I think that is useful to know, and I've you you told us that in that first episode, and I've definitely tried to keep that in mind because if you are low on arrows and you know, the, the script, for lack of a better word, kind of goes sideways, then you don't want to load two arrows into one and then move on. It's better to go ahead and kill that one so that you're not going to have to shoot three more arrows into it when it turns red. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's a really good point. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, okay, I guess let's, uh, let's keep moving on here. I think we've pretty thoroughly dismantled Armos Knight. Let's move on to the next one in our alphabetical list at Argus. And I think probably a little bit more to unpack on this one, right? So uh, let's talk a little bit about the danger. It's not a particularly dangerous boss, more just kind of time-consuming and annoying. Would you agree with that, Eric? Yeah, yeah. it's hard to die on. It's also hard to go fast. That's the, the thing I had <laughs> written down right here. Yeah. Yeah. And so and in terms of danger, just, you know, uh, obviously physical contact with it slowly sort of meandering towards you while you're um, trying to, you know, charge up your spin slash and or, you know, get your hook shot set up or whatever. So if you're kind of staying in one place for too long, it's probably going to come up and, and give you a hug. Uh, and then it will do its eye swirly thing and you have to just kind of give it a little bit of distance so you don't get hit by that. But they don't even hurt that bad, to be honest. Um, and then, of course, in the last phase, it's going to try to fall down on you and then do the DVD menu thing around the screen and you just have to kind of stay out of its <laughs> I've way. I've never heard it being described <laughs> that way. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, right? You're just like waiting for that corner, like, come on, come on, come on, come on. No. Uh, okay, so that's the danger. But let's let's talk about something a little more important, which is going fast on this. And let's assume, again, 100% equipment. So, Ari, walk us through your strats saying, you know, as if you have everything. Okay, so, well, this is a really hard strat. So say that you have just Butter Sword. That's enough to get the zero cycle on, on Argus. You would want to walk up, hold your with your sword out, and then hook a puff. And then you have four frames, like when the sword wobbles a bit from hitting the puff, then you can re-hook and still keep your sword out to hook the next puff. So it is key to move a little bit up, hook a puff, and then start moving like diagonally back and forth to keep, like, hook a few puffs um, into your sword from either the puffs that go clockwise and counterclockwise. So they all keep, like, go downwards towards you, so they don't hide behind the main Argus eye. And... The phrase, I'm sorry, the phrase hook a puff sounds dirty. I don't know why. It just does. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know how else to call it, okay? No, that's good. I love it. Uh, it's that's great. That's what it is. Hug a puff? I, I, I don't know. That, that might be worse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue. So, um, I have to add, it, well, one, it's really hard. Two, it is still RNG-based. There are movements because Argus has different lengths of movements. It always moves three times before starting the eye swirly thing. But if he gives you three short, really short movements, then it's impossible to get the zero cycle. 
because it moves for a shorter time and you just don't have enough time to hook all the puffs before it starts the cycle. But I think you should be happy just getting an empty cycle or just killing the rest of the puffs during the spool and then just having it go into the second phase like after the, the cycle is done. Of course, it's really it's optimal to get the zero cycle, and it but it's going to take a lot of practice for those five to seven seconds that you will save. Hmm. Gotcha. It's really impressive to see somebody pull off the zero cycle, Argus. It's it really shows you. You have to pretty much know exactly what you're doing, and, and as Ari said, this, the motion is kind of specific and it's RNG based, so it's it's really cool to see, and and obviously very very fast. Um, so what do we have to take away to make this a little harder for you? Okay, so if you make it um, a tempered sword, you need boots in order to get the zero cycle. And it makes the fight so much harder already, because going into the fight, you need to do the same movement upwards, and then you need to use a hook dash. So you need to press your hook shot and your dash at the same frame, and then it uses the same thing. It, it, causes instead of just a poke from the tempered sword it causes it to be a poke dash and then it does the full tempered sword damage the puff will die and then you do need to do the same thing like hooking within those four frames of the the sword wobbling and then you can do the same thing as with butter sword but because of the initial hook dash it's a lot harder to get down because it causes your hand to be in a really awkward spot because holding like you need your sword out, and then you need to press dash and hook at the same frame and stuff. So it's a lot. It's a lot harder to do properly. Is that like a, a claw grip, like with three fingers instead of yeah. two? That's that sounds crazy. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> wow, that sounds hard. Um, okay, so all right, that's that's if you've got the boots and you've got the tempered. What if we what if we take um, the boots away? Yeah, then you're just going to the old uh, hook and slash, I guess. You try to. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, depending on Argus' movement, of course, you have limited time to just hook upwards, slash, sometimes you will have to move to the side. Um, yeah, it's impossible to get a zero cycle this way, so you will have to be happy if he does his cycle and you can get all the puffs done in that, and then he immediately goes up for the for the second phase. If you get if you one or two movements, you can still be kind of happy-ish. But yeah, it's just a few seconds here and there that you can save by just having clean movement and clean slashes. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and then uh, if you, for some unfortunate reason, don't have any sword at all, or maybe just fighter's sword, uh, you had to have the hammer to get here in most configurations of course we do know that you know boss shuffle and things like that can mess with that but there's a pretty good chance when you're playing this you probably have the hammer tell us about hook and hammer yeah it's uh it's the menu boss right that's what it's commonly referred yeah. as so you have to hook uh -huh. you can yeah. you also do the same thing with master sword you try to hook two puffs and then either hammer them or spin them um that's like the kind of the baby strat i hope um you can also yeah. keep it with one. It's yeah, it's just going to take a lot of time. There's no I I personally am not really convinced there is a really fast way to do it. Um technically with Master Sword boots you can try to do the same thing as with uh tempered sword and hope for an early one cycle, but it's really hard. So you just I the, there are ahead. probably people like Jam or Korak that have like a consistent setup to um, do the fight quickly with either hammer or fighter sword, but 
those are the very low percent I'm not that confident in to go fast. I just go nice and steady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the the only thing, sorry, sorry. the only thing I can think of that might help uh, if you do have to do the menu boss is depending on the configuration of items that you have in your menu, uh, you know, because like how's it, it, it's situated like one is one up and two down from, from the other basically. So if you menu dun, 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 like down, down, right versus maybe if you have uh, the item that's next to the hammer but not the one below it, so you only have to go right, right down. Uh, I know this probably sounds like nonsense and doesn't mean anything to anyone because I, I feel like I'm losing it even too. But the less time you spend in the menu, the better if you have to spend time For in the sure. menu. So, so find a good way to get from the one item to the other without having to traverse the entire yeah. menu. Yeah, there's that. There's somewhere, and I forget where it is, but there's a, a way that you can practice menuing and it'll randomly generate different menu layouts. And uh, you can basically like time yourself doing certain layouts and... I think they have like a target time that you can do, and I wish I knew what the uh, hmm. the link to that was because I did it once and it was very very helpful. Mm, well, I'll do some research to see if I can put that in the, in the description. Um, cool. Uh, there are very fringe cases too where you don't have the hammer and don't have a sword. If you are such an unlucky person, an animizer or whatever, you can use either silver arrows, ice rod, or fire rod in order to kill the puffs. Hmm. That's good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, it's not a bad idea to use silvers in the second phase. That can be a pretty quick kill. I think there's actually one that's even faster than that, though. Can we talk just a little bit about the final phase? Can I cut in real quick here? Yeah, Before yeah, yeah. we move on to the second phase, there's one thing that I know a lot of people are probably wondering about. I know I used to wonder about for the longest time, and again, we've sort of alluded to it earlier, but there's cycles to Argus, right? Especially in the first phase. As you were saying earlier, Ari, uh, he moves three times and then he does his little puff, you know, thingy where he swirls them all around. Yeah. And I know I've often wondered back in the day when I started... When I killed all the puffs, Argus just, you know, stands around and looks at me for 10 seconds before he disappears off screen into the second phase and doesn't do anything. And for the longest time, I had no idea why. Do you mind explaining to people why that happens? Yeah, so it means that there was still a puff, like, sprite active at the time that the cycle was about to start. So even if you kill him right at the end of the last movement, he still thinks that a puff is alive and still does the cycle. So that's basically what happens. You're mm -hmm. just a so, little bit too slow on getting the zero cycle or getting the one cycle in that way. Yeah, exactly. So he tries to spin out his puffs again, despite there not being any, and he just waits out the whole time it would normally take for that thing to go away before he finally switches phases. Yeah, it's called getting an empty cycle. And it's mm -hmm. pretty painful. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know there's even a whole lot you can do, right? Except just like try to go fast and don't let it happen. Yeah. Yeah, so um, yeah, definitely good to mention though. Try not to let that happen to you. Um, okay, yeah, second second phase. He's he uh, lost all the puffs, just jumped up into the air, uh, and then you hear a, and then he tries to land on you. So let's say again, you have everything. What what do you do here? Um, I try to stand a little bit like to the bottom right of Argus, and then I use a visual cue of the the water droplets, like from him landing falling into the, the water floor, 
and then I shoot the, the silver arrow if I have it. Otherwise, if I have the fire rod and tempered, like I do would do in the NMG speedrun, I would try to stand on like on the top right of Argus. It's kind of hard to really talk about visual cues with that with just audio, of course. But uh, there are enough examples of it, and they will, they will probably be like somewhere in the description somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we, we got you. Don't worry. Yeah, and then um, you wait. I have to. I use the same visual cue for that. The the drop is falling into the water, and then I shoot two fire rods and then release the spin, and that's also a quick kill. It's a bit slower than the silver one. But yeah, um, a micro. That's I guess that's known because of the NMG. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Micro optimization is to menu when the Argus is going up, because if you're if the Argus is above the top torch of the arena, and you then menu, he will continue moving during the menu, so you save a few frames there. But that's like super, super mic- micro optimization. <laughs> No, you just said somebody out there was like, yes, that final third of a second that I needed to shave off the run. I've just I've just yeah. found it. So perfect. <laughs> it's a little thing. Um, OK. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're all about. Uh, OK, so no, uh, no fire rod now. Um, you can also use the ice rod for the same thing, but it's harder to time because mm. the ice rod shot moves slower than the fire rod shot. Um, otherwise, you're just going to use spins, and it's going to take a little bit. But yeah, you don't really have a lot of options. You can also use arrows, but it's the same thing. It's really hard to time. And uh, the hammer will work. I think it, it what, hammer is same as the tempered, right? So it takes I think three four hits. Yeah, four. Okay. Um, and then I mean, worst would be something like master sword or. Would you, if you had like just a fighter sword, would you use that? I mean, if I had the fighter sword, I would still use the hammer. Okay, yeah, and again, you probably will already have the hammer. Yeah, so. exactly. Cool. Okay. All right. Any final thoughts about Argus? Um. Yeah, it's it's, it's a hard boss. Like, it's mm-hmm. one of the last bosses I actually got down to actually get a quick kill on. So, it takes a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these bosses are, there are. Consistent strats for them, but the fast strats to eke out those last few seconds are just like really hard, and they mm-hmm. will be worth it in the end. But until then, you probably have different things to work on. So at first, I would just try to yeah. go for the consistent strats and maybe just try to work on it with the butter sword or with the gold sword rather, and try to get the movement down, and then try to learn to go for the the poke dash or the hook dash with with tempered, if you are feeling confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about priorities. We say that all the time on this show. It's it's a matter of the investment of learning something versus how often you'll be able to use it or how much time it's going to save you. And those those kinds of uh, you know quick strats um, like Aries talking about maybe a little lower priority than some other things you could work on. So, uh, okay, halfway through, how are we feeling? Good. Everybody I'm feeling good? good? I feel Having great. a good time? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sweet. All right. And this one uh, coming up here next, I think it, it should be pretty concise to explain. We need to handle blind. So blind is one that I think scares a lot of newer players to the game because it can seem like everything is happening so randomly. But there is, in fact, a way to sort of manipulate it and get what's called the script uh, so that you essentially do the same thing every time and, and it works perfectly. So um, 
uh, let's talk about the danger, of course, the physical contact of actually touching blind. Um, once you finish the first phase, uh, the head is going to start running around the room and shooting fireballs. Uh, and then a new head will take its place, and that one will continue to move around and also shoot lasers. Uh, and then at the end, there'll be two heads running around. So a lot to uh, dodge. It kind of gets a little like a bullet hell kind of game if, if you get off script and yeah. uh, you don't have to fend for yourself. So those are the dangers. Um, what do you think of all of those as the most dangerous? Um, probably the shots that the main head does when he gets hit. So the, imp- the laser? No, no, no. So the important thing to know is that blind doesn't, the blind itself only shoots lasers until he takes damage. And then he will shoot a couple of random, well, not really random, but it feels random shots. Mm-hmm. And okay. those are harder to predict than the shots from the, re- from the heads that are floating around for me personally. Hmm. Um, of course, they only do one damage, and the body and the heads do two damage, two hearts of damage with green mill. So, like technically, the the damage from the bodies themselves are way more dangerous. And mm. yeah, it's just it's scary even for uh, experienced players to get off script and to do the fight with like without a sword or without uh, anything that they're used to. So let's. Uh, I'm going to ask you to do this because we failed to fully do it in our uh, Thieves Town episode. Can you explain the entire blind script for us, please? All right, sure. So when blind spawns, you um, just slash or hold your sword down three times. Then after the first cycle, you want to stand on the right side of the light with your sword held out to the left. And then once the... What's important to note is that the the heads shoot out uh, shots in a cycle as well, and two shots. I think it's two shots are ra- are like kind of random, and then the third one is shot at you. So that's important to know. And right before blind comes back up for the second cycle, he will shoot one at you. So you want to move down, then back up, then blind will go to the right. He'll immediately get hit. Then you want to slash down. Hold your sword out, then we'll get hit again. And then I think you just slash down again and try to move along with him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you. Then it gets a little more complicated. Then, this is yeah. where we dropped off in our episode. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just doing it quickly right now. And um, yeah, it's down, down, and then you hold your sword out right. And it's the same thing. You move down right before blank comes up again. And then. You wait with this. If you have beams, you kind you kind of have to wait with the the second slash because if you beam him too soon, he doesn't actually take the damage. So what, mm. when he's on the far left, you try to slash him again, and then the last hit is like to the left when he uh, when he comes back to the right. And okay, so for the for that third phase, you're on the left of blind. Yeah facing right and you move down and back up again like you did in between the first and second yeah. phase and then you, it's one stab you hit you hit her on the right and then she moves past you and you hit her on the so, sorry what is that that like eighth hit where how does that work the eighth hit is like on the far left of the room 
I'll quickly go back to it again. So it like it bounces you back, and then your back is against that left wall, and then you hit it. Yeah. So. Okay. Because you get you get pushed to the you get pushed to the left because of the poke. Then you move further to the left, and then you try to go to the top left of the room and then slash down. And then gotcha. And okay, then you so move to the right so you can slash to the left for the last hit. So it's like to the right and then down and then to the left are the last three. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Down and then to okay. the left. Yeah. And then the movement so, will take a little bit to get down because, of course, you still have to dodge all the fireballs and all. For me, the movement is all muscle memory, so I don't really look at the fuck yeah. like the, the energy shots that are floating around. Which is why you, you kind of had to do it to be like, what do I even do here? I know what you like. You do it every time, I'm sure. But like, yeah, exactly. It's just committed to muscle memory. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I followed what you said. I, th I that was helpful for me, at least. I, I bet at least one other person I, just I just learned it. the blind script. I think the important thing to note is that even if you only get to like the seventh hit or the eighth hit, it's so much better than to recover that than already being off script on the fourth hit or the fifth hit because yeah. you already avoided so much free damage to take by going off script and having to avoid all the fireballs when blind goes all the way down and the lasers and all that. So even if you don't get the yeah. full script down, it's so much better to already have like the first two cycles like down pat and then slowly like learn the third one like hit by hit. Yeah, I think that's what most people do. That's certainly what I do. I definitely I have the two, you know, the first two phases down, and then the third one I'll usually just fend for myself. But obviously, the script is is better. It's just one of those things I'm just been too lazy to get around yeah. to learning. So, but that makes sense. I'm, I'm I I think uh, I think I'm gonna try that, um, and I encourage others to do it as well. So let's say now that you are in the unfortunate position of not having any swords. One of the things we should mention about blind is no matter what quality of sword you have, it always takes three hits per cycle, whether you have fighters or butter. It's just always three for whatever reason. Uh, but it is possible to get here without a sword, even in you know a, a standard or open 7-7 you know, seven, seven kind of defeat Ganon seed. So what do you do when you have to handle blind with a hammer? Um, yeah. Uh, cry. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those bosses that I simply can't get down. I can get like halfway through a second cycle, and it because the the hammer hitbox is not the same as the sword hitbox. It's hard to get the same movement down, and I think it's impossible to get like the first cycle down like in the same way that you would do with a sword. So you know that. You did the first cycle correctly if blind moves to the right uh, once the second cycle starts. And if he moves mm. to the left, then you're in uncharted territory. <laughs> so yeah. the, the main and thing that I do is to mostly look at the shots from the, from the, the heads that are floating around and not so much at what blind himself is doing. Okay. Um, and I mean, you know, like we said, bullet hell, like any advice for trying to like avoid all of these heads, like, you know, a certain part of the screen you might want to stay or things you might want to try to avoid, you know, stuff like that. I definitely would like to stay like on the top side of the screen. You don't want to get below blind mm. at all because it's a lot harder to hit the head, of course. You Yeah, 
you want to try to stay as close to blind as possible because if you get far away from him and then you have to move through all the the bullet hell parts it, it makes it really uncomfortable and yeah if you don't have sword i guess cape is not going to be much of a help but if you have burna that's really good of course yeah so burna is definitely the, the best thing if you don't have uh, a sword or just in general, if you're not comfortable with blind, burn is great. Cape is good if you have a sword. And then if you're mm. relatively confident, you can just not have the cape activated during the downtime and just only use it once blind is active. Um, so those are good. In, in emergencies, yeah. you know, like when you get the heart chime, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kane is, is great here. I, uh, I hate that there were times when I died to blind with a cane in my inventory because I just simply didn't know it would work. So knowing that you can use that is like, it's like a get out of jail free card. If you're, if you're trying to go through thieves town with like five hearts and uh, no sword, but you do have the hammer, it's like, Oh crap. Oh man, this is going to suck. Oh wait, I have the cane. I'm good. Yeah. You know, it, it's really nice to have that, like that, that free ride. Yeah. Blind is one of those finicky um, fights because it thieves town is a dungeon that you're usually going in as the first dark world dungeon. And that means that you're going to be pretty low equipped most yeah. of the time. One more, th right? Yeah, it's it's definitely a low percent situation most of the time. One of the things I guess worth mentioning here too that we we talked about last time as well, but it's always going to be better to get this the first time. Uh, if you take a death here and you have to come back, it's fast to return to, so that's good. But you're going to start the fight from the bottom of the screen, and blind will be at the top, and you can just throw that script right out the window because it's not going to work anymore. Yeah. So you have you have to improvise right from the get go. Yeah. And I guess maybe there is technically a a script you can do re-entering, but it would be absolute madness to waste your time committing that to memory. Yeah, I have to respond. I don't know of it. Um, the the one big tip that I have is that if you have Master Sword and have to go for a refight, try to get full health first and then try to just beam him down from the bottom. Hmm, that's good. good because strat. beams do the same damage as, uh, as just normal sword hits as well, of course. So there are a couple of pots scattered around Thieves Town with hearts. There are maps online that show the contents of pots and stuff. You can also try to find a bottle somewhere and then maybe have a refill of something. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The last thing to touch on would probably be Cane of Samaria. That's probably easier than using Hammer. And you kind of hmm. do the same thing as with Beams. You just try to chuck um, Cane blocks from the bottom and then shoot him. Uh, just the block itself does damage. The, the shots from the block also do the same amount of damage. So that's good. So it's kind of the same idea. You just have to try to avoid the hits during the fight and then uh, yeah, brush him from the bottom until he comes to the bottom and then yeah, <laughs> you try to do the same thing from the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anything else about blind? I think that's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Next. Uh, yeah, sorry. I think what was that? It, yeah. We're good. Yeah. All right. Let's do Helmosaur King. This is a pretty easy one, I would say. Um, danger. There's a few different attacks that Helmosaur King can do. Um, it can whip its tail out, and uh, if you're standing like three or four tiles away from Helmosaur King, you can get hit by that, uh, but if you stand close enough, you can avoid it. Um, it will do uh, like a quick charge forward, but as long as you have a sword out and uh, being held 
um, you know, like a spin slash charge, then you can avoid that. The only thing you really need to look out for are these triangle fireballs that he will spit out of his mouth. Um, they it shoots one out, it turns into three, and then each of those turn into three and shoot off like an equilateral kind of triangle uh, um, angles. But they're the same every time. Honestly, pretty easy to avoid if you keep that you know diagonal nature of the way that they shoot kind of on your mind. Um, I said th- th- triangle. It, the first one splits out into three, and then I think those split out into four, yeah, actually, if I'm, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. So if you just stand – yeah, just stand horizontal or vertical to them, and, and the diagonal will miss you completely. So pretty easy to avoid those. Um, so, yeah, all of these attacks very, very avoidable once you know to look out for them. Um, so, uh, yeah, with that, I guess, Ari, if you want to walk us through, let's say you got everything you need, um, what do you do when you get in here? All right, so if you're really confident, you can do the... F- it, the first phase is 17 hammer hits. So that's... You can count that, and that's um, pretty good to know. The the first... The second crack appears at 9 hits. So you can kind of keep count of um, whatever, you, whatever you want for the second phase to start. So if you're really confident, you can just whack him with the hammer without ho- holding the sword out, but ho- holding the sword out is probably safer. It just causes a little bit more lag because of more sprites being on the screen. So you just, yeah, you try to get close to him with the sword out, hammer him, and then you get knocked back. And you just try to do that until like the first cycle appears and you know whether he uses his till attack or his fireball attack. Uh, I would recommend, especially if you're not that confident, to just not try to hit him during the fireball attack and just stand like in between the two lower fireballs. Um, what's important to know is that the fireballs will always split in a clockwise direction. So if you know that the right one f- fires out first, then it will be the bottom left one and then the top one. So you can maybe already get a hit in because you know that you won't get hit from the knockback into the fireball mm-hmm. all that um yeah if he just uses the till attack you can just continue barraging him um say that you have everything that you want going into the second phase the the one tip that i have is if you're not that fast and he starts the second cycle in the first phase and he shoots a fireball you can wait until the fireball appears and then destroy the mask and then all this there will be a sprite overload and the fireballs will disappear and then he'll immediately start the the second phase without shooting out the fireballs. So you kind of get a free mm-hmm. roam. Um, cool. Yeah, the fastest thing would be to menu to the to the silvers, of course, if you have them. Um, the second phase butter will just take two slashes. Tempered will be four slashes, and then master sword will be eight slashes. If you are confident, you can use the sword out with Master Sword and then hammer him. And that will also just take four hits. But it's kind of a tricky, tricky little hitbox to to hit the, the gem. Yeah, you have to get really close to it. Yeah. Recently, there's been a new tech that's been discovered where you can use a hammer dash with the sword out and it increases the hitbox a lot. So it makes it a lot easier to hit. But of course, it's the same thing as with Argus. It's kind of hard to press three buttons. Like, you need to have to sort out and then hammer dash. So it's the same grip. It's kind of nasty. But it makes the hits a lot easier to get. Yeah. 
Um, the only other thing I can think of really to, to mention on this one is that uh, if you are in an enemizer situation and you don't have a hammer for some reason, you can destroy the Helmosaur mask with bombs. It takes five of yep. them. Correct. Uh, obviously a little more difficult because he's skittering around everywhere and you might risk you know throwing a bomb and having him run away from it and now you've wasted one. But uh, you know, I guess logically it could be possible that you, you have to take him down with without a hammer. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure of the timing, um, especially on arenas like either uh, the top of GT or the top of Hera, it's easier to get the bomb hits down from the side, because I think the mask itself has a hitbox that the bomb will bounce off of. So either you have to time mm. it really well, or you have to be able to get to the side and then throw the bombs into the, into the mask. Um, yeah, and yeah. general bomb, like bomb as an as a weapon strat is you know you can kind of cook it for a second you know drop the bomb and then pick it up wait about two or three seconds until it starts to flash and then throw it so that you don't have to risk you know your enemy walking away from it before it explodes for sure yeah uh anything else about hk um yeah i guess like the the triangle fireballs it's not a one in three like, it's not random which one shoots first. The top one has a 50% chance, and the, the bottom two fireballs have a 25% chance of going first. I guess that's the last nit tidbit that would be useful. Yeah, um, yeah if you get pinned to the bottom, if you have, like, Master Sword or something, you can, like, charge a spin and then get a double hit on the gem if you because you get knocked to the wall, but the Helmosaur King is so close to you that you're able to get two hits in. But yeah, okay. safe things are definitely just waiting until he stops moving and then does his attack, and then you just shoot eight arrows into him or something. And that's usually a pretty uh, feel-safe way of handling the fight. Sweet. All right, and our final one for today, obviously kind of a big one, but we'll we'll go over. I think the tips and tricks that will that will help you best uh, here when we discuss Ganon. So uh, obviously a lot of different item uh, combinations that you could have or not have for Ganon. Um, let's talk about uh, the first phase specifically first um, for now. So let's just talk first phase. If you have everything, obviously butter is going to be the best here. But uh, Ari, why don't you walk us through the um, you know like what you want to do when you first drop down here? Um, so assuming we have uh, Gold Sword, you just immediately walk up, slash him then um, I guess it's a good habit to get into to already... Let me just uh, drop into the fight a little bit and get a good visual cue. So once Link's shadow is like on the top, like at the bottom of the top Triforce, when it starts touching it, you want to already start your second slash because that's useful for the tempered fight in order to get the, the one cyclone. You want to get free hits on him before he releases his trident. Um, of course, if you have gold sword, you just you only need six hits per phase, so that makes it a lot easier. But there are different nuances to it depending on which warp he gives you. So, um, yeah, say if you have gold sword, you get the text boxes telling like of him taunting you. You just slash him a couple of times, and then when he warps, you want to avoid the trident. And the best movement is just to go straight down and then charge a spin. And that will make the trident 
usually not hit you. I'm not exactly sure of the like what determines exactly how the trident moves, but that's usually a good way to uh, to avoid it. But especially, it seems like especially if we were to, like theorize for a second, like it comes towards you, right, and then he teleports and then it goes towards him. But there's also like kind of an extra motion in there, yeah, right? It, Something kind yeah, of weird. Yeah, like this turn that it uses. But yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, just, it's really easy to avoid, honestly, and it's really probably the least of your worries in this fight because you've got three more phases that are a little more difficult, and uh, Ganon hugs are definitely the most damaging sort of thing to look out for. At yeah, this for point. sure. You don't want to walk into it. You definitely want to be careful with your slashes. You don't want to try to slash too fast, miss the like slash too soon, and walk straight into him. Um, it has happened, that's for sure. But yeah, the first phase is pretty straightforward with Gold Sword. The second phase is not too bad either. But then you have the, the bats to, to be careful of. Yeah, so let's talk about the second phase. Um, not to spend too much time on the easy stuff. The second phase is probably the hardest one. So let's let's really dive into that one. So let's say we, we've done enough damage to Ganon for him to start phase two. Uh, he'll start twirling that trident and then uh, some like fireballs will rotate around him. Um, they will expand out and then back in. Um, you have a little bit of time there. Uh, a lot of times people will like use a hook shot to use some iframes to be able to, uh, you know, avoid any damage and, and stay close and damage them in there. Um, so that's like kind of one strat that you'll see people do. But after uh, the fireballs come back, they turn into little fire bats and they make a beeline at your sprite um, and, and those need to be avoided. And that can get a little tricky sometimes. Um, so that's the danger for sure, these flying bats uh, and avoiding those while also doing as much damage as fast as you can to Ganon. So, Ari, talk to us a little bit about you know how you deal with these, these bats in Phase 2 in general. Yeah, so the bats in Randomizer are probably a bit more random than they would be in the general speedrun. Um, they are determined by how fast you clear out things like Argus or Amos Knights and usually it is determined by how by the by a value set by the Armos Knights in Ganon's tower. If you do it fast enough it will still be at a value where the bats will always spawn and move or the yeah the bats will spawn at the same position and then the first bat will always be like the the it will always be a certain bat that goes first, and it makes it easier to determine and dodge things. It's called the arc variable. That's probably going a bit too deep into things. <laughs> That's fascinating. I had no idea that that was set up like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Of course, if you have all equipment and you're not confident, just take out the cape. It makes it a lot easier. If you don't have a lot of magic and you want to keep magic for phase four, you can hug the wall with the cape active and you don't drain any magic. That's kind of cool. Hmm. Um, I actually didn't know that. But yeah, you kind of want to go back and forth and carefully look. You don't want to keep your eyes on Link. You want to keep your eyes at the bat that is about to move and then move accordingly to where the bat is, he bat is headed. Um, that's the main tip I can give, because I used to always focus on, oh no, I need to focus on Link and where he's moving, but you just need to know where the bat is going, and then you can avoid it. You have a bit more time to react to it. 
So one thing I see a lot of folks do, um, especially if you already have the hook shot out uh, from before the fight and also maybe you're using it for iframes, is uh, in order to avoid these bats, they will jump on or latch on to the torches and kind of let those zip them around to, to get more motion. Is that something you would recommend? Um, it's dangerous because you get iframes from the hook shot, of course, but especially if you see people also just hook shotting randomly, and there is a chance that the bat will just be in the middle of you once the hookshot animation ends. So I would recommend learning it just by movement, but it's a good fill save for sure. But you need to be really careful with where the where you where you'll end up and and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about some various items to use here. Uh, you know, like butter sword, obviously, is going to be the best. Tempered is, I, I think, totally fine, too. A lot of people will be happy to have tempered. Um, what are some ways that you can uh, – well, I guess I'm kind of asking two questions right now. I, I'm wondering uh, what, you know, what, what uh, items are going to be best for this in order, kind of like we've talked about with some others. But I'm also wondering the fastest ways to do damage to Ganon. Like, you know, I know you can kind of stand against the wall so that the knockback doesn't mess with you and you can do more damage. So I guess let's talk, tackle the first one first and talk about items from best to least. And then let's talk about, you know, maximum damage per second type stuff. Um, yeah, of course, it goes from gold sword, tempered sword, uh, master sword, of course. Um, if you have Master Sword, it's a really hard fight to get good at. I'm not great at it. Like low, you have to do spin slashes, or else it won't yes, work. Yes, correct. You need to do spin damage. Yeah. Um, so a cape is super helpful in order to be able to get quick cycles on Ganon. Um, if if you have tempered Burna is pretty okay if you want to stay safe. Um, but Burna doesn't work with Master Sword because you cannot charge spins when you use, when you have Burna active. That's an important addendum, I suppose. But mm, yeah, yeah, in the first three phases, there's not really anything else that will help you a lot to either stay safe or do damage. It's either the Infernobility items and it's the swords, and that's all you have. Mm-hmm. Hookshot's helpful for iframes. Yeah. Cape is helpful for the same yeah. thing. Um, I, I have seen, uh, Andy, actually, I've seen him use the cane of Samaria here to give himself a block, uh, to like, you know, get bounced into so that he doesn't, you know, like when, when Ganon's teleport is not really in a favorable place. Um, is that something you would have ever messed around with or would recommend or anything like that? Uh, I would recommend learning it. It's a great, it's a great tech. I'm just not good at it i haven't gotten it down mm. so i can't really give any tips with it i know current has a great canon tutorial for for randomizer in all sorts of situations so i mm. can i can link that for sure um yeah that'd be great i'm not sure how in-depth it goes into like the the standard fight i just noted like what to do and what's uh, rmg and all that stuff i just know that it also has tips for stuff like low percent and cane of samaria and and all that um, cool. Okay. Yeah, I would love to. We'll we'll throw that in the description for sure. So, if we go back to like, if we go back to phase one with tempered, you need to learn a trick in order to get the one cycle on on Ganon, and that's called Trident Spin. Uh, so I guess if we uh, like take it a step, if, if, yeah, if we take it a step spin. back and go down from Gold Sword to Tempered Sword. Yeah. There is a, 
yeah, that's a trick that is really helpful. So you do the first the first slash, then the second slash during the text box. So and then after the text box, it will hit. And then you do the first slash, and then you immediately charge your sword. And once Ganon like releases the the trident, you move in in between mm -hmm. Ganon, like a bit to the bottom right of Ganon, and move up and release the spin. And because the trident has a hitbox, it kind of counts as like a wall in a way, and you get reflected off of it. And then the spin will hit Ganon twice. It's kind of a mm. um, tight movement and timing, but with a, a little bit of practice, you'll definitely get it. And then I think I can kind of visualize what you're saying. So you like bounce off the trident with the with the spin, and then back into yeah. Ganon. And this is also huh. something that you can utilize a little bit with like master sword fights when the first cycle will always or the first phase will always take a few more cycles and uh, uh -huh. at that point you will have to move down and charge your sword again and depending on which of the four locations ganon goes to you will have to either get another double spin on ganon if he goes to the two middle uh locations <clears throat> or a single spin on him if he goes to a far far left or far right you can also just do five slashes, but it's a bit tighter for me. It's, that's kind of a preference thing. So if we just, if you go to the far left, if you move down, the trident will not hit you, just like I was talking about before. And then you just move left, release the spin, and then slash him three times. And that will give you 12 hits. It's free from the first three hits before the trident spin. Then you get like four damage in from the trident spin. And then the last five from the spin plus three slashes or five slashes, what depending on what you prefer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the idea is you need six damage from the the gold sword and twelve damage from the tempered sword. Yeah, that's that's a the real speedy strat yeah. there. That's nice. pretty much the only way to get the one cycle. You can technically get a six plus six, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's really tight. You have to be pretty yeah. precise. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, okay, and uh, phase two, I think we're pretty much done with any other thoughts on um, you know positioning or anything like that for, for maximum damage output? Uh, yeah, it kind of depends on whether you got the first, uh, the, the one cycle in phase one, because mm -hmm. if you have a two cycle, he's on the top, and that makes it a lot harder. There, if he's on the top left or top right, you can just get spins on the walls, and that makes it, and you're like in the ring of bats, and that makes it really easy to get... Uh, a one cycle in the second phase. There are like different setups depending on where he is on the bottom to get a one cycle as well. But that's, yeah, a lot of them are just yeah. slash and hook. <laughs> like three of them you can <laughs> definitely do that on. If he is in the middle left, then it gets a lot more complicated if you only have tempered sword and hook shot. Yeah, so do you have advice for, for that situation? If you have boots, I would recommend charging another another spin. And as soon as the phase starts, you release it in between him and the wall. So you get like four hits in. And then you want to step into the ring of bats. And then you like dash through him. So you dash and then immediately walk back to the left. And you will avoid getting damage from him because of his iframes. You do three of those dashes. Then you charge another spin. And during the animation of the bats, like expanding, you can get in between him and the wall again, and then release the spin for another four hits. 
And then you can either slash him one more time and then hook him to, one, to the right torch, or you can do another one of those dashes and then do some fancy footwork inside the ring to avoid all the bats, depending on what you prefer. <laughs> and that's the way to get those 12 hits in. So it takes a lot of practice, but yeah, getting a fast and consistent Ganon is super worth it because not only will you be able to do it if you've had a bad Ganon star or something and are low on health, it's the last part of the game and it can be pretty nerve-wracking in races. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, it's, it's so important to have a good Ganon. And honestly, we, we should probably just take like an entire episode to talk about it. But we're, we'll do our best here and, and hopefully uh, people can kind of visualize what we're talking about and definitely encourage some some practice time as well. Get, get, in, get in and practice these yeah. two. Okay, let's keep it moving. Phase three, this should be another pretty quick one to describe, and it's similar to the blind fight in that the type of sword that you have doesn't matter. Uh, it's just one hit. Uh, it's four hits total, one hit per um, like side of the room that's falling down, basically. And then you're on to phase four. Um, any advice kind of in general for, for phase three that you want to impart? Um, yeah, if you have Master Sword, don't really, I, I would recommend not releasing the spin too soon. And um, always look at whether Ganon is actually stopped, has stopped warping in order for you to hit him. Because if you release a spin, he warps somewhere, but you need to quickly charge another spin, move all the way there, and you will probably be too slow to hit him before he spawns the Ring of Bats again. That's something to look out That's for. That's pretty. It's a pretty tight window, isn't it? Because like you want to do it. Because if you do it fast enough, he won't shoot out that fire bat that can be kind of problematic. Mm -hmm. But if you do it too soon, then he might teleport away. You know, like you said. So, um, yeah, it's kind of kind of tough to know exactly where it, that is. It, it's it's easier when you're slashing because it's really fast to just bust out a slash. But with that spin slash, makes things a little more difficult there. Yeah. Um, if you do not have silvers and you have like tempered or gold sword, you want to charge a spin right after the fourth hit. So if you already hit him three times and he's almost going to go into phase four on the last warp, then you want to hit him to go to phase four and you immediately want to charge your spin and release it. Um, no, not even release it. You want to keep it until the text box of where the silvers are or whatever he says, and then if you release that, if the spin is released, you will get the first hidden for the for the fourth phase. Or he will turn blue, but that means that he would be warping to the location where he already is. Um, Ax and Herf, you guys still there? Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> We're all good. Sure. No worries. I'm, We're just, I'm, just, I'm letting, uh, letting the expert talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. This is excellent. Um, Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, anything else about phase three? It sounds like it's probably time to move on to phase four. No, like phase three is just an intermediate thing. It's uh, yeah, it, it just wastes time. That's what it is. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally, and, and and can maybe throw you off. And it's the first opportunity you have to maybe get a cannon fall. Yeah. So, you know, just don't do that. Don't don't fall. Um, okay, so phase four, this is certainly the one that is the most equipment dependent, you know, what, what you're going to have to do here. Um, we've talked many times in the past about uh, kind of two various or two two concepts here, both the, you know, Master Sword Ganon and Silverless Ganon. Uh, both of those can come into play. You can have one or the other, or you can not have to worry about any of them. 
So let's start with you don't have to worry about it. You've, let's say, you know, you've got butter and silvers here. This should be pretty easy. And uh, let's let's start it with the um, let's start with the torch glitch and just kind of walk us through uh, how to kill. All right. Um, so first thing I would say is if you have silvers, I would not worry about torch glitch. It's hmm. you actually want to time the torch shots so that you can get a good hit on Ganon once the torches are lit and he has like this cape animation where he uh, is hiding from the light. So if, if uh, you want, I can go through like my ideal um, like yeah. Ganon fight phase four. So if you have silvers, you don't want to do the thing that I said at the end of phase three. You just want to see where he warps to and then slash him and get a silver hit in. And then once he starts moving, you kind of want him at like the bottom of the arena. And then you light both torches. And then once he appears, you slash him and then you try to get below him and get like three arrows up. And that's like the ideal fight. And then you immediately get the triple arrow and the fight is over. Hmm. It's like a one cycle, essentially. Or maybe even you can call that like a zero cycle. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, something like that. One cycle yeah. probably is about best. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. I, I didn't realize you could do that. Um, to, to just kind of break down a few things you talked about there for um, maybe like newer runners. Torch glitch is done by um, essentially uh, when, when Ganon uh, starts phase four, first the left torch goes out, then the right torch goes out. If you can manage to light that left torch before the right torch goes grows out then you will only ever have to worry about the one on the left the right one will stay lit of course you need both torches to be lit so that you can damage ganon um so you know when they go out you have to go back and relight them but if you do the torch glitch you only have to relight one instead of relighting both of them but as error has explained if, if you have your silvers and you have a good you know cogent strategy put together then you can just easily not have to worry about that torch stuff at all and, and get it done very quickly um, but if you don't have the silvers, you definitely want to get a torch glitch. If you're not confident in that quick strat, might might help your peace of mind to be able to get it, especially if you're low on magic. Um, so that's the torch glitch aspect of that. Another thing that Ari just mentioned, uh, being able to hit Ganon more than one time uh, with Silver Arrow. And uh, Herf actually taught me this when we talked about it the first time. But uh, you you can hit Ganon two times if you just like spam the arrows as long as there's not a wall for him to run into. Which is why Ari is saying you want to be on the bottom of the screen and hopefully Ganon is down there too. Because you should be able to fire off three quick silver arrow shots. And as long as he doesn't bounce against the wall, all three of those will connect in, in one cycle there. Um, so that's just a couple of the strategies that, that Ari's talking about here. And that you should definitely consider uh, employing. Even if you don't get this fast strat, those are those are things you might want to, want to consider. Yeah, I think the important thing is that... Uh... You don't necessarily need him to be at the end of the warp in order to to be able to slash him. If you get like the tight torch lighting in the with him in the middle of the screen, all that. Uh, there are certain warps where you can also get a double in, of course, if he's like on the middle, in the middle two RNGs. So you can slash him, move to the side, and then get a double in. Those are like all really useful things to know during the Ganon fight. But you basically covered all of that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the general idea here being, of course, you know, you, you light both the torches, uh, let Ganon shoot a fireball at you, and then uh, hit him to freeze him, and then you can either use your silver arrow, or if you're on silverless, 
you need to basically wait for him to start teleporting and then you fire up a master sword or a master sword spin um, and then you can attack him as he's moving and you have to do that I believe 24 times with the master sword spins yeah. so that's one way to do it um i guess now that we've sort of talked about what we're trying to do here you can hopefully just kind of share with us extra kind of you know things that you like to keep in mind um any other kind of wisdom that you have to impart about this fourth phase of ganon all right so if we're going with the standard ganon fight important thing to know is you can get a f you can usually get a free hit in before the first warp and then I would recommend not going for the second spin. So you always have time for two hits before getting um, the torch glitch. Because, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, um, you c there's a good visual for a torch glitch. Let me just uh, say that. Like as as soon okay. as the the top tile on the top left uh, falls down, that's when you want to start like spamming your lamp. That's about when. Uh, the, the torch starts to go out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, good. That's good to time it there. I, I didn't know that for a while, and I would just like fuh, 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 just like <laughs> spamming the fire, and like half my magic is gone by the time I finally get it. Yeah, don't don't do that because um, again, you you might you know have to conserve that magic for this battle. Yeah, I, I'm glad to learn not to do that because I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> uh, what else? So okay. Um, yeah, you basically explained pretty well how the how the general fight looks like. You you see him warp to a location. You leave the fi the fire uh, the the string of fire bats away, and then you move in for the spin. Um, what I would recommend if you want to get good at the fight is to start counting hits. So if you light the torch once he arrives at his location then he will not shoot the fireball and he will immediately start warping away again so that you can get a hit in there and then you can get three hits in per cycle if you keep doing that and that's the important thing mm -hmm. so you can basically count one hit two hit three hit at the end of the three hit third hit you want to like start charging your sword already and then have the fire rod out to land the the torch to light the torch again as soon as Ganon warps to the next location so you can get another free hits in. And that's the ultimate cycle that you want to start going for. Sorry, sorry, hang on a second. Um, yeah, yeah, can you go yeah, later? I'm kind of having a hard time really explaining sorry. how it's... No, uh... sorry. <laughs> no, you're, you're doing great. Sorry. You're doing great. Uh, the house... Housekeeping just came in just now, so I had to mute my mic and tell them to go away for a little while. <laughs> All right. I mean, hey, so, maybe, sorry, maybe they want to learn that. how to fight Ganon. You never know. No, you never know. <laughs> Should have invited them. Maybe you know, join in. Save the work. That would have been a that would have been a really good uh, test to be like, okay, I'm going to play this podcast episode for you. Now do Ganon. Go ahead and give it a shot. Let's see. How, let's no, see how you like, do. Um, how, who was that? That um, that speedrunning YouTube person that uh, they find random people playing like just let's plays of of games. And are like, hey, I'll give you fifty bucks if you can pull off this strat. Oh, right. And uh, they they kind of laugh at them, and then they're like, no, like I'm serious, I'll help you do it. And uh, they they have the person do it, and then uh, they're like, wow, I didn't realize speedrunning was not that hard. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to remember who did this. It was, it was, it was a, a really cool YouTube video. Right? I saw. 
I thought it was like, it was I thought it was Ratchet and Clank or Banjo and Kazooie. Yeah. I think Easyscape does that a bunch. You yeah, go into SM64 speedrunners or players yeah. and like gives them a thousand bucks to pull off like a weird strategy or some some stuff. Yeah, that's what it was. That's awesome. It was good. I like that. Go watch yeah, it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um well, you know, honestly, I think we're just about wrapped up here. Uh, we're kind of at that time limit, I, at, at the very least. Um, any final thoughts about maybe Ganon in, in general? Like, you know, tips, maybe like newer developments, anything like that that maybe is worth talking about here? Um, no, Ganon's mostly pretty set in stone, especially the, like the NMG-based fight where you, where you try to get the 12 spins in as soon as possible. Like, getting good at the, the Silver's fight is... Yeah, it takes a bit of practice, but of course, it doesn't save as much time yeah. as getting good at phase four, like with a, without silvers. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, cool. Okay. Well, uh, Eroror, thank you so so much for all of this info. I, I think this was really helpful, even if it felt like it was hard to describe. I think you did a really good job of visual, you know, helping us visualize all of these, and I, I think you shared a lot of really good just like little tips like little things people might not have thought of so i, I really appreciate that and i uh, really appreciate your time today. you're very, very welcome uh yeah i really enjoy teaching people about this game and having small small optimizations things that just make your life easier that's uh it's a great game and there is so much knowledge in it that yeah <laughs> i don't know it's great <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we've really enjoyed having you. Uh, we are going to wrap this thing up. We just have a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. Do you want to uh, join us for yeah, our farewell? Sure. Cool. All right. Here we go. All right. So now we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, no fetch questions. I don't I don't think this time. Let me just do a quick refresh and make sure. Nope. Okay. So no fetch questions this time. If you want to send us one, you can send that to email at gomodepodcast.com. We also have a contact form on our website. Error how can people find you online? Tell us your Twitch and uh, any other like social media or anything like that that you got. All right. So I usually uh, I stream pretty regularly, mostly NMG, but also various random seats at Error uh, PS. So it's just my name with a PS at the end. <laughs> and I also mm-hmm. sometimes post my PBs on various spots at my Twitter at Error. So that's those are the okay. two main ways to find me. We'll put that in the description. So everyone, please go check that out. Herf, how can people watch Axial play Rando? Uh, they probably <laughs> can watch him not at twitch.tv slash herfydurfy, but at twitch.tv slash sa underscore Axial. Okay, Axial, how can you watch Herf play? Uh, what, what Herf just said, twitch.tv <laughs> slash herfydurfy. Awesome. Uh, and I am twitch.tv slash temp underscore. Um, quick heads up, uh, if you're listening to this on Wednesday or even on Thanksgiving, the day after this releases, uh, check me out on Friday. I'm going to do my first uh, MSU pack stream. Um, yes. To- <laughs> so uh, just as, as a warning, there probably won't be a lot of the, the fun stuff like music re- composing, which there will be eventually, but uh, still sort of getting things set up, learning about the, the technical aspect. So if you hey, want to watch that, come come by. <laughs> Tim, don't, don't undersell yourself. I think a lot of people would be interested in uh, watching the sausage making of music composition. 
Yeah, that's why I'm talking about it. That's why I'm mentioning it now. You know, so if you are one of those weird people, then feel free to drop by my stream. Uh, I think Friday is when I'll do that. I'm probably like early afternoon Eastern, something like that. So um, I'll put something in the Discord as well. Which, by the way, you should totally join if you're listening to this show. We would love to have you in our Discord. We'll have a link to that in the description. Also, a good place to interact with us, hang out. Um, Error will will be in there um, to answer any of your questions. You know, uh, after this episode releases, right? Yeah, yeah right, for Aror? sure, for sure. And if yeah. you have any concerns Sweet. or questions about racing and on SRL, I'm I'm part of the racing council as well. So if you have any anything that you want to bring up, I'm one of the main people to contact if you want to. Definitely. Um, real quick mention of uh, our bi-weekly seed, the last one um, for episode 34, the Ambrosia seed. That one was a lot of fun. Uh, the next one we're going to do, I think uh, we'll also kind of keep it simple. This one is going to be a 7-7 open defeat Ganon. But I'm going to plan crystals at all of the dungeons for the bosses we've talked about. So Eastern, Pod, Swamp Palace, and Thieves Town will all be guaranteed crystals. Just so we'll make sure you get some practice on those bosses. Um, and, uh, I think that's it. Uh, Twitter, uh, we're at, at go mode podcast, been very active on Twitter, uh, following a lot of the fall tournament participants, um, just to make sure that we're always following as many people in the community as we can. Um, if you want us to shout you out when you're streaming, follow us, let us know. And we're always happy to do that kind of stuff. So, um, last thing, I guess we, we are still sitting at 29 iTunes reviews, so we would love to get to 30 by the end of the year. If you can help us with that, if you want to leave us a review, that would be a really nice holiday present for us. So really appreciate those. Um, last call, anything else anybody has to say before we wrap up today? Uh, for those in America, have a happy Thanksgiving for those not in America, have a happy, uh, two weeks until we're back beautiful all right thanks again guys for joining us that was go mode let's go ahead and mirror out